we're going to find out a little bit about youth and young people in agriculture, how they got started, what their interest is, what some of the challenges may be, where they see themselves going with this, all those kind of good things. My name is Ricky Seiler. And, um, my wife and I, Vivian, are blessed to have a couple of young people who, are, who have a desire and passion to be in agriculture. And so we uh, hear a lot, we talk a lot about these questions ourselves at home. So I'll be interested in seeing how these other young people are, are dealing with some of these questions as well. But first, uh, let's just bow our heads and ask the Lord's presence to be here with us. Father, we are grateful for life, for being able to come together at this conference. And I just think about it's neat to learn information, uh, but it's also so valuable to meet other people who are on this journey. And we're all at different stages and um, we just are now um, blessed to have a group of young people here on the stage with us, and we just ask that you be with them as they handle these questions, and that we can in all ways glorify you in those things that we do. And we thank you for that as our prayer. Amen. All right, we're going to start off with just having us get acquainted with them a little better. All right, so we'll start right here on my immediate left. If you don't mind sharing with us uh, your name where you are currently, where you currently are, maybe even your age, I think that's pretty safe because you're all pretty young, I could be, I can ask that question, and uh, maybe don't tell us so much right now of exactly what you're doing in the agriculture area, but uh, we'll come back to some of that as probably with the questions, okay, thank you. My name is Timothy Hyde, I am 21, and I am farming in Fresno, California right now. Hi, my name is Kendra Ward. I'm a senior at Daystar Adventist Academy, and I am 17. Hi, I'm Amy Smith. I'm 24, and I'm working at Sunny Zona Family Farms in Arizona. My name is Joshua Dysinger, and I am 19 and working on our family farm in Tennessee. And I'm Jared Westbrook um, from a little family farm in the mountains of New Mexico. My name is Weston Adams, and our family is farming in Tennessee, and I'm 17. All right. Thank you so much. Introducing yourselves, let's just go right into this first question. We have a lot to cover. So I'm not going to ask you to individually answer each question, so not everybody feels like they need to hop in on every question, but if you feel so impressed to hop in on one, feel free to do that, please. What is the reason young people get interested in the agricultural lifestyle or farming maybe today. I would, I would like to maybe pose that to what do you think in your case? I mean, some of us maybe were born into it, sort of, yeah. Others of us maybe grew into it. So what was it that got you interested in um, farming or the agricultural way of life currently? Where are you? How did that happen? Um, I was not born into agriculture, but I grew up in the country and I enjoyed country living as a kid. And I would say, you know, one reason I considered agriculture is because I could never picture myself having an office job. And just the idea of having to sit inside every day for work terrified me, probably. Um, <laughs> but also, um, for me, it was also just 
having a little bit of experience with it at the end of high school and realizing how rewarding it was to provide healthy, fresh produce for people. And the relationships that were a part of that were really inspiring to um, really get engaged with agriculture and see the potential it had as a ministry tool and things like that. Oh, I can identify with that, Timothy. Um, I think, you know, I, being raised in the country, that was, I always enjoyed that, but um, then seeing a way to be able to, you know, you don't have to grow up and, you know, go away from that lifestyle, a way to continue a country lifestyle, and um, also realizing the importance of then, if you intend to have a family, there's a lot of merit in raising them close to the land as well. And then, I guess the other thing would be, again, agreeing with you, Timothy, the, uh, the ministry opportunities and the outreach, it's, it's exciting. I, I love the diversity of it. Um, I think there's so many different avenues that you can get involved and still be doing farming. Like you have to do marketing, you have to do sales, you have to do accounting, you have to do, there's so much that even if you're not wanting to just be out there planting gr plants in the ground, um, there's other ways of still being involved with it and doing some of that or um, having other people help you with that part of it and you can get involved in other aspects. So I think that's really cool. One thing that I, in my own experience, um, I think part of the reason that I'm so interested in agriculture is that in our family, we don't have a television or video games. And so agriculture, which is a great blessing. And so I grew up loving outdoors. And so as we got older, agriculture, my, my mom and dad started a small garden and since then, it's just been kind of the natural thing to do, and it gets more and more fun as I get older. And you move, I've, we've moved from the gardening to putting in orchards so you can watch it year to year get bigger and bigger. And so I think that that's been a big key in my life, that I didn't grow up with all the other things that would have distracted me. <clears throat> so kind of follow-up to that, what parts of agriculture lifestyle have you personally found most beneficial for you? What parts of that whole package, that lifestyle, has you, have you found most beneficial? Yes. Well, it's just really rewarding in general because you start from the beginning, you plant the seeds and everything, and then from there you receive the product, and which is the harvest. And not only for yourself, but as they said, it's a really big witnessing opportunity, and I've just personally noticed that quite recently, actually, for fundraising for here, what we did is we um, went around the community with boxes of fresh produce, and we went door-to-door -door offering to sell them, and people were super receptive. We raised almost $2,500 doing that, and we only had like 100 boxes of produce to sell, and um, I think that's just what's so rewarding about it is that it's not only um, the farming, that like vegetables and everything aspect of it, it goes into all the other areas of your life, and it also gives you something to do as young people. Um, we kind of always want to be doing something, and so if it wasn't for, like, farming over the summer, I think that, I mean, like, there's a lot of other things that you can get into, such as, like, movies and all that kind of stuff. So it's something that's really good that you can do when you get rewarded out of that way more than you would with anything else. As far as um, the most beneficial, I guess the question was for yeah. my life or whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, just the whole lifestyle is, is um, you know, a blessing. 
I would say I've always been very busy, always had stuff to do. Um, I know that, you know, the, the devil has many things for idle hands. And so just, um, you know, always being busy. <laughs> There's always stuff to do. Um, so that and the lack of artificial entertainment, um, just, I mean, it all is kind of encompassed in the lifestyle, but, you know, just, yeah. Do, do, are you able to have any kind of fun being having in the farming lifestyle? Is there any kind of pleasure, or is it just all work, 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 it sounds like? Um, well, it depends on what you call fun, I guess. Um, it is very fun. Yeah, I enjoy it. But I what, mean, what, give, us, give us a few ideas of what you classify as fun. I mean, it doesn't have to just be, I'm not just picking on Joshua. Any, anybody here, who, what do um, you think? What, what's actually fun about this? Well, one thing we like to do for fun is fruit and vegetable ninja yes. with a machete. What, what exactly is fruit and vegetable ninja? It's when you throw a number two or worse orange up in the air and try to chop it in half with a machete midair. All right, very good. <clears throat> that kind of sounds like a video game, I guess. I don't know. Or you can surprise your coworkers with a bunch of rotten tomatoes in their face, which is also quite fun. <laughs> is it always geared around like doing something with food, or is there fun outside of that? I mean, is it destroying food or throwing food at other people? Or can you repeat the question, though? No. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the question I had was the follow-up question was fun. I mean, I know there's a lot of work involved in, in farming, right? There's always more to do, right? Do you ever come to the end of the day and feel like, at least with, with, with where you're at right now, like, okay, I'm done, I'm caught up, really, I, what am I going to do tomorrow? Do you ever have that feeling? No. Rarely, huh? So, I mean, how do you balance the idea of working, having so much to do with having time for not just working, if that makes sense? I think there's a quote that um, I found really interesting in my life, and I'm paraphrasing it, so I might get it really wrong, but it says something like, the greatest hope of the gospel is in teaching um, youth to love work. And I think that happens when you do agriculture and you have to work, you actually start enjoying it. And I don't know if I'm speaking just from my own experience here, but um, people always ask me what I do for fun, and I don't have a very long list because, but I, I have a very fulfilled and enjoyable life. But you end up spending it with family or doing recreation like hiking and that kind of stuff on the weekends. But you also just really enjoy your work because you know you're fulfilling someone's felt need. People need to eat well, and they know they want to eat well, and you, you feel very fulfilled when you can fill that need, at least for me. Were any of you ever? Uh, when you were, as you were younger, growing up, were any of you ever punished by having to go out to the to the farm to pull weeds or anything like that? Did you ever see that as a kind of a discipline? Yeah. Yeah. When we were in Florida, we used to live in Florida. Now we're in Tennessee. That happened a few times. Um, so that has happened, but now it. Now I don't think it'd be a punishment. Okay. Interesting how that works. Because, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just a little older than you guys. I know you probably picked up on that. But, uh, you know, some, some of us, I, I don't remember this personally, but I've heard stories of, I, I know of a good friend of mine whose 
whose experience with gardening growing up was it was basically required discipline in essence in some ways and I was just curious to know that if you're it seems like you guys have a little different mindset and attitude towards the same type of activity I wonder how does that happen you think how does that it happen? does require discipline but as a required discipline I wouldn't necessarily recommend it <laughs> No, but how does it happen? How do you guys go from, not, not necessarily you had that personal front-end experience, but how do you go from doing a similar type of activity with maybe requires discipline, that, but you, you find this enjoyment or kind of the deep satisfaction from it instead of, oh, I got to go out and do whatever, pick the okra or whatever it is, yeah. When I was at school, um, I did have to do weeding for work for a while, and I mean, it was required, it was expected of me, I didn't really have a choice, but um, I think once you get in the mindset of doing something productive with your time, and the work becomes rewarding, and you see the, the fruit of your labor, I think it doesn't become a drudgery. And I mean, there are ways to make it enjoyable, especially if you have friends that are doing it with you. But um, I think in time, even if it starts out as a drudgery, if you learn to appreciate the, the benefits that you are acquiring from it, I think it becomes enjoyable. I think it just depends basically on your attitude, how you go about it. And if it's something that you're like, well, okay, I'm going to make the most out of this, then it becomes enjoyable. And personally for me, I really enjoy it because even when I'm like weeding alone, it can be like a prayer time for me. And so like sometimes during my school day, it's really busy and I don't really have time to just sit down and pray. And so it's a time where I can just get apart, get away, don't worry about any of my schoolwork or anything that, and just pray while I'm weeding. So that's what I enjoy. So I'm just just to, from a show of hands here, just real quick. Who who actually is involved in farming in full full time? This is their full time line. I mean, you're out, you're, you're you're technically out of school. You know what I'm saying? And you're involved farming. Raise your hand, up high. Okay, so four of you. Are, this is your you're committed to this at this point in time. So why are you committed to agriculture? Why do you think you got there? How did you get there? What was it that you decided to get, you know, I mean, there's, there, I know most of you up here, and I know a couple of you were born into families that were doing farming, in essence, so to speak, and two of you kind of, the ones who are doing full-time now, and two of you weren't, and I'm trying to figure out how, if you were to tell, share the folks there, why, why are you committed to agriculture now? Um, well, I would say, you know, how I got there, I was born, you know, into it, I guess you'd say. And, um, you know, when I was younger, I didn't enjoy it as much, but it was always enjoyable, I guess. And so, you know, I just, I, I enjoy, I really enjoy it now, and I don't see a reason to do anything different. You know, being on the farm, growing up on the farms opened opportunities for business and um, so it's you know opportunities have opened for me to be more involved and do more and I enjoy it I you know I see the blessing in it so I just don't really see any dip, any reason to do anything else you had to change I think um, 
one of the, the probably the biggest factors that I keep coming back to is, um, you know, being raised in the country and then seeing the agriculture as a way to enable the country lifestyle. And, you know, you can be, uh, it's, it's a great family enterprise. It's good for those kind of things. And I think um, over time that just soaked in and uh, was a real attracting factor for me. I think for me, some of it goes back to what Amy said about the fact that it's not the same every time. If I was weeding day in, day out, every day, trust me, I would be looking for another job. But there's an ever-expanding horizon of possibilities. You can develop different crops. You can try different systems. You can invent new tools. I mean, there's so much potential, and there's never going to be a shortage of a need for it. So that's something that I think inspires me to keep at it. Yeah, that is true. Real good job security. <laughs> now, here's, here's a question I know um, a couple of young people in our family have, have uh, faced more than once. How do you answer people when they ask about your choice of an occupation? And I, I would like to just expand on that just a little bit, the idea of... You know, this is this is a delicate area. Uh, we we've talked about this internally a number of times, and I, I think I struggle with this more as a parent than actually our kids do. But um, it happens to do with uh, what we call uh, college education. Okay, I don't know if you know where I'm going with this, but the idea is is that um, you know I <clears throat> I'm, a, I'm a generation ahead of you. And one of the things that happens is um, there's kind of a mindset that you need to go to college, that that's just kind of a basic thing that you need to do. And I was caught up in that. So the interesting thing that I find is that not always, but oftentimes college has a tendency to remove people from the farm, not to encourage them to be on the farm. And I don't know if anybody else out there can appreciate where I'm coming from. So... I'm curious to know, you guys are all in an age where some of you maybe, quote, should be in college right now. You with me? So I'm kind of wondering, how have you processed yourself through that? And for those who have not, maybe are not of college age yet, um, how, how, do you, how do you navigate that? Have you ever been asked that question? Have you ever been kind of put up against that have you ever felt like you're in a corner, like, oh, I just don't, I'd rather somebody not ask me that question? Have you ever, okay. What, what, how do you deal with that? I, I know I've gotten that a lot, actually, where people ask um, what my degree is or um, if I'm going to school. Or, and there's definitely a ton of pressure um, from society to get a college education, which I'm not against, but I do think that there are a lot of fields that, um, don't necessarily need it. And the practical education is, um, in my opinion, of a lot more use than um, an educational degree would be for that same field. So um, it's been something that, when I was younger especially, it was even more looked upon like badly. So sometimes I felt very like put on the spot. But now I've found that um, when people ask what I do and I say I have an organic farm, um, it's surprising what kind of good responses that I've been getting 
at least with the people I meet, they're all like, wow, that's so cool. You have an organic farm? Because they just, a lot of people are in society are wanting to go that direction. And as far as when I got to that point in my life when I was deciding, um, I don't think my dad's here so I can say this, but I, I felt like a lot of pressure from my family, not because... Um, because they were putting pressure on me, but I just felt it because I felt like I've been in this business. I don't want to leave my parents alone. And I felt like I don't want to go to school. And, you know, but at the same time, I, I felt very independent and I felt like I don't know what's out there. Like I've only been around farming. What else is there? Maybe I don't want to farm for the rest of my life. Maybe I want to do something else. So I did go to college um, for a very brief period of time, about a semester. And I decided, you know what? Like I, there are other things out there. But at the end of the day, I love the flexibility and the ability to do really what you enjoy and just go in whatever direction you want to go. Like, like I said earlier, that diversity and that, that feeling of freedom to do what you want to do versus being stuck in an office or stuck doing some career that's like, there's really, I don't, I mean, there are a few careers, but there's very few careers that you can have as much flexibility as you can um, with having your own business and and doing like farming. And of course it comes with responsibility and there's a lot of um, other stuff that come along with it, but I think it's rewarding. I mean, I believe college is a means of getting an education for your future life work, but it's definitely not the only way to learn. And for me, after high school, I was doing some college classes, but I really wasn't sure what I wanted to take. And with farming, there really aren't that many prerequisites. I mean, if you can work hard, if you can focus on what you're supposed to do, you can pretty much do anything with agriculture. So for me, it was just kind of wanting to see if I could enjoy doing agriculture. And because I didn't have to do any prerequisites, I just said, okay, I'm going to put college on hold. And I haven't seen the need to pick it back up. I may in the future. Um, I've had an interest in getting a degree in business. Um, after working at Sunny Zona, I really was interested in entomology. But at this stage of my life, I'm happy to just be working, staying out of debt, and getting more experience. You know, I think um, sometimes, at least in our society, it's looked at as school or education means you come out with a degree and a piece of paper, and oh, okay, you're all right. Um, but education is important in many facets. You still have to have an education to farm well. Um, it just may not look like what people have come to expect. Um, so you still have to get the tools, and I think um, you don't have to be embarrassed about that, you know. Uh, to farm well, you still have to be quite knowledgeable and educated. Um, and, you know, there isn't anything wrong with you need to bolster your marketing skills or whatever, you know. Take a college class um, and get the tools you need, I think. So, so just... I'm going to have to interject a personal comment here. So your grandmother is trying to get a hold of me, my mom. So would you be kind of enough to, she's trying to get to the camp, and I think she's lost. So I'm going to have my daughter see if she can get a hold of her. Okay. <clears throat> so just an observation. You know, you guys talked about the flexibility and all the different dynamics. I, um, you know, my son and daughter have a small farm I help with from time to time, and I, I can't imagine many things as challenging as being a farmer. Uh, this comes from a person who has no background in agriculture, 
you know, anyway, I was just thinking there's a, there's a lot of unique challenges and all the different things that go along with it. So it's, it's an amazing, yeah, I, it's, there's not a lot of time for boredom. And uh, it's very challenging. And I think that's a really, really uh, intriguing and attractive thing about that. I asked a question. Please. So for those of you who have not finished high school, are you planning to go straight to college? Or what is your, um, your goal with that? I don't know yet. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know yet either. That's the short answer. Um, I know that there are some parts of college you can take from home. And so I've, I have at least know one person who's doing that. Um, so we'll, we'll see where the Lord takes me. But that's something that I've kept in the back of my mind. So just a, a curiosity, just to get the audience participation here just for a moment, uh, just by a showing of your hands, if you don't mind, how many of you here, let's say over the age of, let's just say 30, okay? If you're over the age of 30, how many of you were raised on a, in an agricultural farm lifestyle? Okay? That's how you are raised, okay? How many of you were not? Hmm, pretty amazing. See the difference? How many of you in this room actually uh, at least had a four-degree college education? Raise your hand. Okay, keep your hands up just for a second. Of those hands that were raised, how many of you were raised in a farming agricultural lifestyle? Yeah, not many. So, um, you know, the curiosity would be if I was a young person... You know, maybe you can check out some of those people out there. Is, well, why are they here now? What's going on with that? And maybe some of the decisions that they made. Because, you know, it's, it's kind of a challenge, I think, out there for some of for, for young people. And, I mean, you have to be pretty settled if, if this is where a direction you're wanting to go. Um, because that question's going to come up a lot. Okay? It's just going to come up a lot, at least in, in this period. So... Here's a neat follow-up question to that, I thought. As a young person faced or focused on agriculture, do you consider your education complete and balanced, or do you feel the need for more formal schooling? You kind of sort of answered that, but I wonder if... Tell us where you're at on that. I mean, I, I kind of got a sense of that a minute ago, but... I mean, we have, a, we have a kind of unique group up here because some of you are full-time into farming and some of you are not there yet and you're not even sure if that's maybe the direction you want to go, which is okay. Mm -hmm. So, go ahead, Jerry. Um, I think, you know, you gotta, uh, you, you've got to keep learning throughout life. And um, just like coming to this conference, we all came here to learn. So, you know, that's not ever complete. As for continuing education, the, uh, the niche we're in, we do um, a lot of online sales. So to bolster, you know, ability to market online or whatever, um, I could see benefit in going and getting more training in that area or, you know, marketing or um, things like that. So, yeah, I could see that. I would agree. I mean, I don't plan to stop learning, but... 
at this point, I don't see myself getting more formal schooling in the near future. Mm -hmm. I know Ellen One actually has a quote about that, and she says that if you're doing hard manual labor and you're enjoying it, it actually makes your um, mind grow. And so I think that God will use whatever he wants to make us learn more. Well, and maybe perhaps our understanding of education, right? Because when we think about education, what generally do we think? We think about what? Institutions. Yeah, we think about classroom-type education, and uh, it's amazing the ways people can learn now. Very good. So what, what do you sense is the biggest challenge you see in your future in working if you decide to stay kind of in agriculture? And for those who aren't in it in full-time, if you decide to go that way, what do you think is going to be possibly some of your biggest challenges or your biggest challenge? How many of you are married? Anybody here married? No. Anybody here? Uh, so if you're not married, good chance you don't have any kids. Okay? I mean, yeah, that's not a, always an easy question to ask now. But, uh, I mean, what do you think? What happens when do people who farm, do they ever think about getting married? I mean, you see things. What do you think? Looking down the road a little bit, what do you see as a challenge? What do you think might be one of your biggest challenges if you just decide to stay in the agricultural lifestyle? Well, as a girl, probably a big challenge is, is what's your husband going to do? Because that has a big deciding factor on what you can end up doing, unless you narrow it down and say he has to be a farmer. Well, there's not that many farmers out there that are avenous and that live close to other farms so that can be um definitely can be a challenge as far as that goes i think as far as farming goes probably for me something that i find challenging um is keeping changing it's easy i think any business in order to succeed has to keep changing and growing because our world around us is changing and growing but that's really frustrating because it's nice to just do one thing and make that work and then be able to do that for years to come. But that doesn't succeed. You have to, every year, be thinking about what's new in, in the environment around you and coming up with better processes. The market changes so much. The prices that you get can change drastically from year to year. So keeping up with that, um, I find to be an interesting challenge. It's not a bad challenge. It's just a challenge. <laughs> Um, one challenge that I would say I've given a decent amount of thought to is starting my own farm and the challenge of finding land. Um, fortunately, my dad has a desire to do something with me at some point, so the, the land dilemma becomes a little bit more manageable, but that's definitely a, a big step when I reach that point. Yeah, definitely. As young farmers starting out, that's a big thing to figure out. How do you how do you get a start? You know, you're starting from zero, and it's it's a, a big investment. Um, and I think some of the other upcoming challenges might also involve the uh, the farming environment. You know, it's getting so hard to keep just simple things like pure seed, um, and that's going to affect a lot in the next many years going ahead. I think as well. And how do you how do you get the money to to start up a farm if you aren't coming from a background where you've already been 
having another job for years and years and years. If you're just starting out, at starting out with farming, where do you, what do you start out with? Anybody see that as maybe been a challenge? I hope somebody has a good answer to that question. <laughs> I mean, all those that you presented, I think, are very valid challenges. I think that particular one has to be one on the top. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I'm not sure if there's there's theories out there, but I'm not sure if we if we really have great answers. I wonder. Uh, well, we have a lot of questions here. Great question. That, that, those, are all, those are all very good questions. So I'd like to ask, uh, we're going to take just a second here, and we're going to think about ministry within agriculture. And does anybody here have a story or a situation that you felt like was, that shows a nice example of kind of the dynamic of the ministry aspect I mean, we've talked a lot about a lot of the great benefits for you personally. How, how has your involvement with agriculture affected other people in a positive way, maybe beyond just giving them good food? Anybody have any experience like that yet? I know you're all pretty young, but what do you think? Well, I'll tell you what our experiences where we are. We're in a kind of a unique situation. We live in Tennessee, and it's pretty rural where we live. And so the area we live in, there are a lot of people who are living the lifestyle that basically this conference or this, yeah, this conference is promoting. Um, and so there are lots of, not Adventists, but Christian folks who have these values and so when we are doing the agriculture it gives us it gives us I guess you'd say some credibility because they they share the same values they're trying to do it um, they're basically trying to follow what Mrs. White says, but they aren't following, they, not Mrs. White, they're not following what Mrs. White says, but they're basically doing the same thing. They have the same values, even though they aren't learning it from what she says. Um, so that's been a unique situation for us in our community. Yes, I, I found that um, there's so many ministry opportunities. Um, I think like even with for us we we have employees so um it's been interesting to see the changes that they've started to make in their life and um some of them have um come at least to know God and and accept him even if they're not all the way Adventist yet they they're worshiping on Sabbath that kind of thing so I, I think that's been really rewarding to see and people that you work with every day um and then we've also with our like CSA type program we do something that we call a farm day and um, most of our clients are, because we live way out in the country, they live an hour and a half to three hours from us. So it's a, a ways to drive. And um, we decided, we came up with this concept, we're going to have a farm day where everyone can come out to the farm, work on the farm, get a good vegan meal. And um, so we decided to advertise it. And my dad said, if we get 30 people to come, I'll eat my shirt. And we're like, okay. 
And none of us thought we'd get that many. And like 200 people later registered to come out to our farm to experience farm life. These people came out to our farm, and um, it was interesting to see their responses after they left. They start emails start coming in of, of how they were like, it's like your house is like a little house on the prairie. and There's just something different about it that, that so, it's not about, and this is word for word what they're saying, like, you know, it makes us not have to worry about our cars and what kind of house we have. Like, you, you have a, a different lifestyle that's, that's just so much more meaningful. And it was showing them something better, I think, that um, they really resonated with. And um, it was kind of funny because they're all coming out and, like, they're, Lexuses, BMWs, all these fancy cars. They had like four or five flat tires by the time they got to our farm. So it was, even with all those challenges, everyone's responses were just so positive. And it's something we've been doing um, every year and have gotten to have really great friends out of it and people that um, respect you in more aspects because you're you're giving them their food and they, they respect that. Um, and expect that you obviously have some sort of knowledge. So they respect your opinions when it comes to other um, aspects of life as well. And, and we have, with that, we also do cooking schools. And we say it as it's part of our um, farm. Like, we advertise it from the farm's perspective instead of from a church. And even though our church is very involved with it. And so we've had really good response from that as well. Because people are willing to come when it's from a farm. They don't feel that threatening of it's, it's church-related, and we've had people um, come to church after the cooking schools because, um, obviously, we incorporate evangelism in with it. So, it's awesome. How did it taste? What was it? The, your dad, how did he enjoy the shirt? Oh. <laughs> we, we never could convince him to actually eat it. <laughs> I thought he might have made it out of kale or something. Yeah. Okay. Timothy, go ahead. And I was there at one of the farm days in Arizona, and the excitement people had when they came to the farm was just incredible to me. Like, as soon as they were getting out of the car, they were like, are you one of the farmers? And they were just, like, <laughs> jumping up and down. And, and it's like, wait, I'm just a farmer. No, they were thrilled to be there. And, I mean, obviously, like Amy said, the influence you have on those people because they're, you know, invested in your project and they feel like they have a relationship with you. Um, I would write notes on their boxes after that, um, just telling people that, you know, I enjoyed seeing them at the farm day. And it's these small ways that you develop relationships with them that um, just show you how much potential you can have to minister to them. But the other thing I would share is the ministry um, opportunities that I had when I was at Good News Farm in Michigan and working with the students. Um, Many of those students came from the inner city environment, so... Um, For me, growing up on a farm, I didn't really relate to some of the things they were going through as the first time being on the farm. And um, just to see their their change in perspective, um, the beginning of the molding of their character as they learn to work, they learn discipline. Um, But some of the students that gave me the most trouble at the beginning of the summer became the most reliable and um, predictable students. And it just, it just really inspired me because only, only something God-ordained could do that. Yes, go ahead. I, I just have to add with the Good News Farm. It it's, was so interesting to see these students. I remember this one, um, this one fellow that was relatively young and had no experience whatsoever, like when it comes to any sort of labor. So just completely green. 
And um, he's working on this role and having such a hard time just sitting down all the time and can't, can't do it. And my mom comes along and he's like, I think a fly buzzed into my ear. And, and my mom was like, really? Well, he's probably just buzzing around in your head now. And he totally believed her. Like, there was just no practical understanding. He was, like, freaking out. And she's like, no, really, it's okay. It's not a big deal. <laughs> You're okay. And... Um, the practicalness these students learned that for any career you go into in life, um, they would learn the simplest things and how to actually work. And I think that was um, really rewarding. I think um, what these guys are saying, the, the relationship aspect, uh, I guess truly for us humans, often the way to the heart is through the stomach. And um, just there's something special about the, the connection, the trust that's built um, in this aspect, just one little quick example. We um, have found this little uh, vegan Thai food restaurant uh, in a town about three hours away. Mm. And we've started going there and we interact with them and they're all um, Buddhist and uh, very very sweet people. And um, so we've started taking some of our garlic into them and they love that. Anyway, and the connection, the, the way that they'll the waitress, she'll just come and uh, she'll visit with us for like, you know, 10, 15 minutes just, you know, after she takes our order and whatnot because she feels a connection. And um, those kind of doors are really exciting to see opened. So let's follow it up with this question. What are good ways that you, as young people, find to involve other young people in agriculture? Maybe young people who have not grown up, you know, around that type of experience. I mean, I know, Timothy, you're out of school, and you're out of school, so, I mean, you guys have kind of young people built in, right? But, I mean, are there ways, how do you find that, uh, that experience so far at the schools you've been at and getting young people involved, and how do, how do you bring someone or encourage someone to have maybe more of a desire of this if they don't really have a working knowledge or they have a desire for it? Or do you? How does that work? How have you seen that work? I think the, the big picture that is provided in, um, in events with the farm where people of the community come out and the students being able to see the um, the role it plays in the community and how big of a how big of a deal it is to those customers. I think that really inspires the young people that, you know, maybe this is actually um, something I could do, and you know, it actually is valuable. And um, I think another thing is just being a positive influence. And as a young person, there's going to be other young people looking at me and seeing, wait, I mean, he's having fun with it. He's able to work hard. I can do that too. And um, yeah. Kendra, would it be safe to say that um, a pre-requirement to actually be accepted into Daystar uh, Academy is that you have to love agriculture? No. no? That, that's actually when you said the thing about the fly flying to someone's head, I thought of a story. There was this one kid who came, and he was a really cool guy or whatever, but he was working on the tomatoes, and he had to prune, and some of the tomatoes had mosaic disease, and um, so we were like, you got to be really careful and like wash your hands afterwards because you can get the disease. And he was like freaking out. And we were just like totally kidding. We're like, no, like it's not going to happen to you or whatever. 
But no, I, but I think something that really gets them involved is um, we've been starting to take some of them to our farmer's markets with us. Um, like every week we'll take one or two. And um, that really just like brings them into like the whole picture. Like they get to also like talk to the people that are buying it. And we get, a, since we're in Moab, Utah, we have a lot of like tourists that come in and stuff. And so we just have this huge, I mean, we're ministering to people that come from like England and like everywhere, just anywhere you can imagine, honestly. And these people people like to know what's happening with their food. And so we can honestly tell them, we're like, I mean, a lot of times we'll have picked that food that morning. So we'll be like, yeah, we picked this this morning. Like, and they're like, whoa, that's so cool. And so that also opened doors, um, opens doors just so you can start talking to them and you can just start, I mean, you can slip in like a God bless as they're leaving or whatever. And people are really receptive when you put it in that, um, environment, I guess. And, um, but anyways, that, I think that's something that really helps the students get excited about it because it's not just the pulling the weeds part. It's like you're giving it to other people. Joshua, yeah, please go ahead. I, I know you guys have like a revolving door over at your house kind of with young people coming through, it seems like. And what, what do you see? What do you sense happening as far as that? Yeah, well, um, with us, mainly people that we're encouraging are people that already have an interest and like ask if they can come. And, you know, we have the apprenticeship program for six months, but then we also just try and try and um, keep the door open for people that want, you know, want to come for a week or a couple weeks. Um, and we do have quite a few, quite a few people that will come. Um, we've got a young man that's been with us for the last week. Um, he's here from Latvia. He's been at Wildwood, and he came down to uh, spend some time on the farm. And so, you know, we just try and keep, keep it open and let people come if they're interested in learning. Have, have, you, have, you, have any of you actually ever associated with another young person who's not actually involved in agriculture? <laughs> yes. <laughs> how, how, how does that work? How, how does that work? <laughs> we both speak the same language, <laughs> so it usually works pretty well. Um, I mean, you know, do you know where I'm coming from with that question? Is there I, like common ground with other people? Yeah, I mean, how do you, how do you, uh, as a, as someone who's kind of in this lifestyle pattern, uh, how do you relate to other young people who, who you know, just choose a different path, or um, do you find that they have a tendency to maybe? influence you in a way more than you maybe influence them or are you not even is influencing not really part of it you're just how does that work do you find yourself being a little more distant perhaps um if i could share about the previous question too of sure. um you know how do you engage young people um i think in our society we've become so detached from the land and from agriculture that really there's a fascination and a novelty to it and so I think just getting young people out on the farm, whatever that takes, really will open their eyes to see, wait, this is something new and exciting. And another thing I thought of is truly um, the only thing that can make people really happy in life is useful service. And just like if you go on a mission trip, you become inspired to serve. You become inspired to do that again um, with agriculture and seeing that it's really something that benefits other people. Once you um, get, catch that vision, I think it can really inspire you to continue in that path and one more thing on the same question I'm going back to the question about sure. how do you incorporate other people and actually with this example it's kids um, when we have extra plants extra starts 
we'll often give them away. Um, there's a family that has a bunch of kids that we, they're one of, one of our friends. Um, and so we'll give them like lettuce plants this fall. And it's fun. I mean, we'll just give them 50 plants and they'll plant them. And it's so fun to watch the kids enjoy the plants and watch them grow. And whenever we go over there, they want to show us how they were doing, how the plants are doing. And so that's one way we just give away our extra plants. So we only have time for just a couple more questions. So here's one, kind of maybe should have been asked earlier, but from your perspective, what would you say to a family with young children who are contemplating getting more into an agricultural way of life or a farming life? From your personal experience, what would you say to that mom and dad, maybe who are just sitting out here, they're, you know, 28 years old or 32 years old and they have a one-year-old and a three-year-old and they're, they're thinking about this. How's it been for you? I mean, you've kind of shed a little on that, but maybe you could... Go ahead, Josh. I would say that it's been a big blessing. Um, just the, the lifestyle, you learn how to work, you learn how, you know, you learn just basic. Um, and... It doesn't mean that you will be doing agriculture all your life. I mean, you know, our family, Jonathan, is got a business going. It's still involved in agriculture, but he's not, you know, involved on the farm. But it's still, you know, he's to be able to go off and start a business. And you just learn a lot of practical um, common sense, you know, by living and growing up in the country and you know even more so if you've got a working farm but even just being in the country you know being out and just learning from nature and it's a big blessing okay. I uh, think from growing up most of the years I can remember at least in the country even if we weren't necessarily farming um, I would encourage that it's, it's a beautiful opportunity I think it's the strongest foundation you can give a young family um, and so if you can find any possible way to do that, despite all the hurdles, um, to get a small piece of land and do that, that's, that's a great opportunity. I think that um, at the end of the day, we all have to eat, right? So I think it's important to make sure that that's like you're really set up to, to take that step. Farming is a challenge. It's um, a lot of hard work, and it's a lot of trust in God. And um, I don't know how many times that this has happened in our own farm over the years where um, it was getting close to meeting the payroll and there was just no way we were going to meet that payroll and there was, we'd maxed out everything that we could try to do to, to make that payroll. And at the end of the day, if you can't make the payroll, um, and we weren't taking checks, we were, we were at a point that our, our business was you know, going to fail if, if we didn't make this payroll because our employees would all quit and our crops would all go to waste. And um, obviously we had a larger farm, so this was... Um, a big deal for us and um, this one experience that I remember um, of course we're just praying so hard and and you feel like is God forsaking you because you know he says he's going to supply your needs and you don't see it and and where is this so it comes to the day that we're, that we need to write these checks and there's just no way we're going to make this happen and um, we get a check in the mail from someone who we had paid double like two or three years before and it was like for some shipment of product that we were getting in. And it was the exact amount to cover that payroll for that day. 
And that's happened time and time again with us, not exactly with some check coming in the mail, but, but where we shouldn't make it and somehow it comes through and God pulls through. But it takes that trust. And if you don't say, I'm putting all on the line here and I'm willing to be pushed to my limits, then it's not for you. Because I think, I, at least I've seen with other people that I've talked to that are seasoned farmers, you have those experiences that are just so challenging. Um, and it's a great experience to test your faith, but sometimes it's really testing. Yeah, very true. That's just part of the foundation. I would have to agree because from everything down to the weather, you know, you're there and, you know, if you if you get rain, it's going to keep you out of the field for another week and, you know, and then you're going to miss your window and, um, and you know, it doesn't start to sleet and rain until the last little, little distance that you're planting or, or whatnot. So, great opportunity to build faith in the in the little ones as well and um i guess that doesn't uh necessarily mean you go outside of human reason you always want to try to be as responsible as possible and you know starting out you may have to have something that helps you support your farming uh habit but it is a beautiful opportunity <laughs> for <laughs> for uh for the faith growing and i would encourage um to not not delegate the the weeding as a um, discipline, Amen. and really to enjoy it as a family, because um, if you're going out and if you're moving into the country, um, I think that's where you're going to receive the most benefit is if it becomes a, a family project. So uh, our speaker last night, John Quaid, were you were you, were you here to, to hear Mr. Quaid? Yeah. So he talked about his. Is John here? John, are you here this morning? I don't see him. Okay. So he mentioned that he was a salesman at one time. Did you catch that? He was trying to sell. So we're, we're wrapping things up. We have, we're moving towards our next uh, breakout session. So I'd like to give you guys, you know, 30 to 45 seconds to, to, you know, sell us on why you are so committed to agriculture at this point in time. And I'd love to hear from everybody. And, I mean, if, you know, and if you're in school and you haven't made that commitment stuff, Obviously, you're up here on stage, and there's something about it, but what is it about agriculture that just kind of draws you towards it? Well, it's, it's um, really rewarding to see the f- full circle of your produce, to go from seed to um, selling it to a person, and then, you know, Tuesday night after our market, we know that there's hundreds of families in Nashville that are eating our produce for their supper. And it's just, it's really rewarding. Good. Who else? If I could just sum it up in one word, I think I would just say it's really real. Like, I don't, I don't know how to necessarily expand on that, but just you feel like you're really living when you're doing it. It's just like you're connected to, you know, your food that you're coming in. Like, you know exactly where it came from, and you're connected to all the people that you're working with. So, like, so much closer than you would be in, like, any other job, you know? And I don't know. It's just at the end of the day, you feel like you really lived. I think just because of all the options, it's like having, you know, a fresh plot of ground. You can do all kinds of stuff with it. Um, the endless opportunities are really, uh, it can be really exciting. I think our world is so disconnected. And I know this is, like, just saying what everyone has already been saying, but... It is so connecting to be on a farm and connect with real people 
um, on a weekly basis and be supplying their needs and um, and then connecting as a family because you're all able to work together. I, all our meals as a kid growing up were eaten as a family. We didn't have my dad off at work and um, just my mom and us kids at the at the house alone together. It was all of us. And the evenings were spent together. And, and that created this bond that is just amazing. You can't get that any other way. And, um, yeah, I think that that's a, a really uh, fulfilling part of it. And for me, um, I'm, of course, I'm not out of high school yet. I'm in 10th grade. So for me personally, I, I love it. So I, I am... I especially like the perennials. That's, that's my special thing I enjoy. But it's something that I love. I find great fulfillment in it. But it's also not only the agriculture, the lifestyle. There are other things in the lifestyle, the agricultural lifestyle. Um, my brother does, he does coal forging. You know, like they used to do it a long time ago. So he can make stuff out of a piece of rebar that you'd never know it came from rebar. Um, so the whole lifestyle is what I want to highlight. I would say one of the most convincing ways to be convicted on agriculture is to, to look at the council. And I know a few books have been written, and I've been able to hear most of the content of David's book. And just to, um, to understand the, the perspective of how foundational of a learning experience that is and how valuable it is to develop the character and to um, strengthen God's people. I think that really just convicts to the importance of it. Wonderful. So anybody here appreciative for the young people who participated this morning? Bless them. So we're going to just have a brief word of prayer, and then I have a, just a short announcement. So if you would, and John Dysinger has one as well. So let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we thank you for <clears throat> just the cycle of life. And um, we know that here on this earth, that's kind of how uh, things work. We look forward to your soon return. But until then, Lord, we just ask that we can be faithful. Faithful to you, faithful to being good stewards of the things that you've provided us. Um, of this soil that we are made of, and yet it helps give us life. And we thank you, most importantly, for your son, Jesus, is our prayer. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.